Hello again, friends. Welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton. This is the Toddcast. My guest today made the trek down from the heart of Bob Cajun, where the constellations reveal themselves one star at a time. She was a nurse for many years and gave it up to raise her two beautiful daughters. Since then, she's become a life coach and joined Disciple of City full-time as our team sending coordinator. Let's welcome Sarah Barr. Hey, Sarah. Hey. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for coming down. It was a long journey south, but I made her. Long journey south. No doubt. No doubt. Everything's going good with you today? Really good. Awesome. Kids are at school. Awesome. A little Sarah time. little Sarah time. Some worship on the way down. Just fill in the car. Beautiful. Good start to the day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's talk about a little Sarah, a little, a little bit about <laughs> little. you, Sarah. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, where, where did you grow up? That's well, a great question. <laughs> I, great um, intro question. Great eh? intro question. I um, grew up uh, from ages zero to about 15, all over the Gananoque, Lansdowne uh, kind of region of Ontario, uh, all around the St. Lawrence. I moved, uh, I think we had 22 houses wow. before, or I had moved 20 ti- 22 times by the time I was like 20 or something like that. So it's a, it's a great question. Wow. Kind of interesting yeah. fact, fun fact that I use, I like to bring up on three truths or like two truths and a lie. Cause not a lot of people have moved, had 22 different places they've lived. That's a lot of moves. Is that a lot of business moves or just real estate stuff? Um, or? Just, it'd be more fun to move somewhere else. Hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Are you feeling that for your future? Are you going to uh, move around a whole bunch or you're probably happy I, to I've, stay put? I've stuck put, uh, put for, I think, like 13 years or something now. So it's good. So you're going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking around the Bob Cajun area for a while. Awesome. Yeah. Sarah, um, so I mentioned that you were a nurse, but um, but before we get into that, can you just talk about your faith life growing up, what that was like for you as a kid? Or did you attend church with your family or what was that? Where was your faith as a child teenager? Yeah. Um, I grew up, I would say my mom kind of dabbled in uh, being Catholic. When she married my biological dad, uh, she had to become Catholic in order to do that. So, uh, so we kind of were in and out of the Catholic church. I grew up, uh, probably for about four years, four or five years of my, um, public school life. I went to a Catholic public school, not, yeah, not public school, Catholic school. And, uh, you know, I always, I feel like I always knew there was a God, uh, but it definitely wasn't a personal relationship, um, yeah. So, so that was kind of, you know, I knew he was there. I always felt like, even though I didn't have a personal relationship with him, I always kind of sensed his hand on my life. Um, so yes, that, that was kind of, you know, my, my younger years. Yeah. Yeah. In and out of 
it's a different church. And did um, around when you were 16, is that sort of when things came together for you? Something happened when you were 16? Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, when I was, I, uh, when I was 15, we moved to the Kinmount area and my uh, mom and stepdad moved in, uh, moved us into a house right across from a Baptist church in Kinmount. And, uh, my mom, uh, I would say she always sensed God's presence as well. And so she started having questions and just kind of uh, going across the road, literally just across the road and asking the pastor questions and then coming back home and telling me about it. And like I said, God wasn't kind of a foreign subject to me. I, I knew that he was there. And then there was a, a period while she would come home and tell me things and I would actually start crying whenever she'd say the name Jesus. And that isn't really a normal, that was definitely not a normal um, occurrence for sure within my family. So she'd come home and say, Sarah, I just learned this. And I would start crying and say, I can't, I can't talk about Jesus. And that was around the time I was like 15 kind of, um, in there. And then when I was, uh, in 2003, so when I was 16, a friend of mine, his name was Sean, his family was Christian. Um, so mom was kind of, you know, going across the road to the church, asking questions and, and we had, uh, some friends. So I was in high school at the time and he was on the bus with me. So like beautiful Christian family and he, um, played hockey and he was out, uh, traveling the roads for hockey and he, him and a, a friend got hit, um, while driving and, uh, he ended up, um, in serious condition and, and got like airlifted to Toronto where he subsequently passed away. I think like a day later, he, he, I I think, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't good. And, uh, and so, you know, I've, I'd have gone through this period, like just a couple months of my mom trying to tell me about God and how he was really close and I'd be crying like, don't talk to me about it. And then Sean passed away and at his funeral, uh, I just heard the, the pastor. And so like, of course this is high school. So we have, um, high, like the, the, um, like service kind of was at the high school. They had like a viewing or not, sorry, a viewing, but just like, you know, a gathering at the high school so that the high school kids could have some closure. Uh, it was really well attended and just like God's presence was really strong there. And obviously it was horrible. And, um, but just, you know, it, it was good. Like you could feel God's presence. And, uh, at his few, at Sean's funeral, uh, the pastor said something in the eulogy that, um, just made, made it click for me. And he said something along the lines of, um, you know, sometimes we don't know. He's like, you know, the internet, this is 2003. So I don't really know how the internet works. He said, uh, but when I click my computer, and click onto the internet, it loads up and I'm connected. And he's like, and sometimes that's how God works is like, we don't understand how he works, but we know that every time that we go to him, he's there. And that just kind of clicked for me that it was like, I didn't need to know all the answers. I didn't know, need to know how he works, but I just need to know that he was there and it just clicked for me. And so it wasn't very long after that, that I accepted Christ. Mm. 
That's know? a great analogy yeah. from that pastor. Yeah. So I suspect at 15, when your mom's telling you these stories and you're feeling emotional, you're not really sure yeah. why you're experiencing that. Totally. So you, in this funeral and at the death of your friend, mm-hmm. you, you felt comfort from God? You mm-hmm. weren't questioning or, or angry or anything at yeah. the time? Or was it kind of a mix of everything? Yeah, it was kind of... Um, um, I would just say there was like peace, like his family had, I would say like, they weren't okay, obviously, but there was just like this supernatural peace that they had. And I think it was just transferring Mm. at the funeral and stuff that you were just like, I don't understand why they're like, they're upset, obviously, but there's just like this undercurrent of peace. And I just knew that it was God. So I, I wouldn't say that I was angry or anything like that. I think that I just knew that God was good. And that he didn't call, like, you know, I did, I wasn't like questioning God, like, why would, you know, why would you do this? Cause I know that God doesn't kill beautiful teenagers in car accidents. That's not his, his heart. Right. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I wasn't mad or anything, but yeah, just felt his, his peace and his presence. Yeah. What that's so comforting in such a tragic time. Yeah. So you accepted Christ shortly after that. I did, yeah. Um, so then what is the, wh- what did that look like? Or, or what's the next sort of phase of your life yeah. into marriage and getting into nursing and that? Yeah. Um, so at the time I was dating this fellow named Herb, who I married seven years later. That's a good choice. He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's a great a guy. Good guy. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so high school, you know, um, I always felt like I wanted to help people and I wasn't really, the only way back then that I knew how to like, how do you pursue a career and helping people at the time? The only thing I really knew of was becoming a nurse. That's the only way you can really help people. So, uh, I went through, um, a a college fair, uh, because I didn't have, I wasn't taking university classes, but I wanted to help people. So I had to be a nurse. So how do you be a nurse if you don't have university, if you can't get to university? So there was a program out and it was called the practical nursing program. And, uh, I didn't really know what a practical nurse was. I knew what an RN kind of was. And I went to this uh, health fair and there was an RN there and I asked her, what's a practical nurse? Cause I, I like had been looking at college pamphlets and such. And uh, she's like, I don't know. So that was not helpful to the <laughs> situation. So I signed up if I'm being completely truthful to become a practical nurse and had no idea what a practical nurse did. It sounded practical. Sounded like I'd help people. So you jumped on. So I just like, sure. Yeah, let's go for it literally not knowing any like I'm one of those people that was like in going into the world having no clue about anything so that was me that was that was me yeah. totally yeah um and so I went to Fleming College and uh <clears throat> and pursued my my nursing career through through Peterborough and so where did you start after college where did you start working first were you right in a hospital were you in a long-term care facility or yeah i uh, i went to a long-term care facility in fenland falls and uh and then i also worked at a long-term care facility in bob cajun at the same time so i was kind of working those two jobs and then i had a friend who um actually went to i went to church with and she said, you need to, to get out, like you're a brand new nurse. You need to get out of the long-term care and go to the hospital so you can go and 
actually u- utilize all your skills and be around people that can help you learn and grow as a nurse. So, so yeah, that was, that was, um, kind of where I started and started. So I, uh, I decided to leave long-term care and I went to the Ross Memorial in Lindsay where, where my friend was. Awesome. Yeah. Um, just we're dropping a lot of cities just so for just those <laughs> of our friends listening from out of country uh, Lindsay Fennelin Falls Kinmount all these places are a couple hours north of Toronto what we would call central Ontario just to give you a general idea yeah. um, so you're married at this time you're nursing you got you guys got married we got married in 2009 okay. so I started nursing in two, I graduated uh, in 2006 so in there, uh, just plugging away, um, working away, learning all about nursing and, um, yeah, was hard, hard work, loved caring for people. Uh, that's like, that's my heart <laughs> growing up. Just, I've always had a heart to care and, and to love and to notice people. Um, yeah. So and you're pulling as a nurse, you're pulling 12 hour shifts. Totally. Yeah. And hubby is a heavy equipment operator. And so he's gone crazy hours. He, and, uh, he leaves, you know, four thirty in the morning, gets home at seven at night. I'm working nursing. So I'm leaving for six in the morning and getting home at eight o'clock at night. So it was some heavy years in there of just two ships in the night sailing past each other. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So how, so then when you had kids, uh, walk us through that, walk us through that in the sense of when you started having kids and when, when you guys, well, yourself, but Herb too, when you recognize that these long shifts that you're both working and kids and navigating and all that and what sort of led you out of nursing? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at the time, uh, you know, I'm around, I think 24. 25 years old and married now and kind of looking around at the nurses uh, on the floor that I worked at most of them old, like older but like or at least like a season past me kind of where where I'm at right at that moment so I'm looking around going how are people doing like how are people having kids and working like this like I don't understand and so I would you know ask some of the older nurses like what did you do with your kids while you were gone like it's just like I love nursing but it's very demanding of your like time energy even when you're off like you work full-time part-time doesn't matter it's you're always kind of in that space um and so I you know I'd be asking the nurses on the floor like how did you raise kids and work these these hours and like just the demanding like of being a nurse they say like oh, oh you just make it work I'm like, that's not good enough for me. <laughs> that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly. And, uh, and so I just, I like, I knew, I knew that I was going to be coming to a, a head of, you know, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this is not gonna, you know, I, I feel like if I want to do a half decent job and be available for my family, something's going to have to give. I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet, but it's, it, and especially with hubby gone, uh, long hours as well. I was like something, this isn't, this isn't going to fly. <laughs> this doesn't align with my beliefs around family. So, yeah. Yeah. So now at this time, are you guys, wh- where are you in your faith at this time with nursing and the things that you'd see 
in nursing? Yeah. Is your faith strong? Is it is it on the sort of, on a roller coaster or where where are you at? Yeah. I would say while I was in like the process of becoming a nurse, I felt like God's presence and I, cause it was like every day was so hard. There was so much I was learning. And so I, I would phone my mom crying being like, this is, too, I don't think I can do this. And she's, she just tell me scripture and like, keep going. God's got you. Like, this is what you're meant to do. Keep going, keep going. So, uh, you know, I felt, um, like I was close to God in my college years. I felt like he had his hand on me. I didn't get get into any crazy, you know, scenes in, in uh, college. Wasn't, you know, partying or anything like that. I just felt like God's presence on me on that in that time. And then as I, I went into the workforce, I definitely pulled away unintentionally from God just because, you know, here working and just kind of in survival mode. Um, and so I wasn't, you know, engaging with God very much. I wasn't reading my Bible much. I would, you know, uh, actually hubby was playing church, like for our church, our local church league, uh, hockey. So every Saturday I would, um, follow him to the, the arena. I could be found every South through college, everything, every Saturday night I could be found at ops arena and Lindsay, uh, watching Herb and, and his buddies, uh, play hockey for the church league. And so, uh, we would go to church like occasionally, um, but I was he, like, I was, he wasn't far away, but I was far away. Like my, my attention was definitely not on the Lord very much in that time, but yeah, he was definitely still, still working and still there. That's for sure. Okay. So then, then does that bring us to the country? music festival boots and hearts that you went to yeah with adam yeah um where you got invited to with adam yeah so you know uh after i had savannah in 2012 i I just like knew like so i'm now off on maternity leave and i'm like we need to get back to church like we need to get to church and so uh savannah was about four years old when that or four months old, sorry, when we started going back to church. And while I was at church uh, in 2002, sorry, 2012, um, this really random guy was standing there with a friend talking. And this guy just came up, didn't really know him. And he's just like, hey, does one of you have knee pain? And uh, he thought it was my friend. And she just kind of like looked at him and was like, no. And I was like, well, I do. And he turned and his eyes got big and he's like, can I, like, I just been practicing listening for God. Could I pray for you? And so I said, yeah, sure. So he put his uh, hand on my knee and prayed and the pain left. And that was, and then he was just like, okay, bye. And he just like literally ran away. (laughs) Like, okay, I don't know who that guy was, but anyways, that was, I've never experienced that before. Um, So that was our, our good friend, Adam Shepsky. I Uh, I think everybody has a weird story of how they first met Adam. Yeah, totally. Um, So uh, I had Savannah off on mat leave, you know, uh, joined a ladies Bible study because I was off work um, on maternity leave. Uh, so just like learning and growing and just like a sponge, just soaking up and starting to understand things more, uh, diving into the word, understanding some things. And then I went back to work after my year off and, uh, you know, just like stayed right in that mindset of my mom had Savannah while I was off on my, um, 12 hour shifts 
it's kind of still like feeling like I wanted to be with her, but not quite feeling released, like from, you know, just life, like to keep, keep going. So I did, kept working and, um, and then we decided to have Tessa. And then when I had Tessa in 2015 in there, I, uh, I fell into like postpartum depression and that was really tough, really, really tough. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, a very marking time of my life of going through postpartum depression and just the sh- feeling shame around how can I hate two little kids like that are beautiful and like, just like the struggle, right. Of like, okay, this is just like, it's hor- like it's hormonal. It's not real. It's like, stay engaged, stay with like, love them, love yourself, love God, just like struggling, right? This hashtag struggle is real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I had some people like Melissa and Adam walking, you know, I kind of kept people at a distance and just, that's a theme of my life is just, I can do this by myself. I got this. I don't need other people. And, uh, and so, you know, Melissa and Adam would pop in and, and, you know, uh, check in and, you know, do their best to, to help me through that. And then at one point Adam said, you know, uh, I don't know if he knew about my postpartum, but Melissa did. And he's like, you know, I've been watching this guy named Dan Moeller and, uh, Todd White, you should hop on YouTube and check them out. And, uh, as I was starting to watch, uh, after like year, like probably 18 months of postpartum depression, I started climbing out of, of that hole, uh, understanding my identity as a believer and just digging into like all those teachings. I was just like, really moved because there was even, I didn't even know that there was more to God than just like reading your Bible and, and that kind of thing. Right. And so, uh, so that brings us to boots and hearts where, uh, I think it was in 2015. And, uh, so Tessa is like six months old in the middle of this kind of like postpartum, you know, depression stuff. And, and Adam is, uh, Adam's like, Hey, you should come with us to boots and hearts. And I'm like, I don't even know what that, like country music festival. Okay. And I'm like, like what? And a big country music festival, yeah. right? Yeah. 30,000, maybe more. Yeah. Huge, huge uh, country music festival. So I'm like, as a lot of the people that Adam love do like, sure. If Adam's saying we're going, we're going, we have no idea what we're doing necessarily, <laughs> but we're going. So, uh, so anyways, we, uh, we went to boots and hearts and, uh, the Adam took a team and we were going to pray for people. Uh, we were going to do a gospel, like run a gospel, like a gospel brunch. I think they called it on the Sunday where we fed people and, uh, they'd have a speaker who would talk about Jesus. And yeah, so, so I went to this festival really like never, activating what it looked like to pray for people. And I just, I got there and I was in turmoil. Cause I'm like, I'm just a mom. Like, how do I, like, how did I even get here? And so I was just talking to God and like, God, I don't like, 
just doubting, like a lot of self-doubt. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And uh, he just, like, he dropped his heart for people and like, which aligns with my heart for people. And he dropped his heart for people on me. And just like, he was like, I love them. Look around at the 30,000 people that you're standing around right now. I love them. And I lost it. I just started bawling. Like, I just, I started bawling. And I'm in the middle of this country music festival, <laughs> bawling because I'm experiencing God's heart for people. That's awesome. It's. That's awesome. I had a very similar experience in Sweden yeah. at a, at a large scale event of feeling that exact same thing yeah. of his heart for the masses. Yeah. And I, I can remember in that moment, not really minding that I was crying, but just like it was overwhelming and it just kept coming. So I'm like, okay, God, you can stop now. <laughs> so he did. Cause I was like, I, and, and, uh, and then from that point, I just felt released to just talk to people about God. Um, because it wasn't then, you know, talking to people out of like duty. It was talking to people out of God's heart for them and knowing how much he loves and cares for his like people. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so, so that, that was a really marking time for me as well. When it was like, realizing that God had this big heart and I got, I had access to, to that for people. So yeah, so, uh, had an amazing time, got, uh, a kind of word of knowledge for a vendor that was at, um, at Boots and Hearts. And, uh, I'm pretty sure he thought I was hitting on him and I was not, <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. Cause I'm like, I was so nervous about talking to, you know, somebody sure. yeah and so i uh, i walked into his booth and just kind of like kept staring at him and like walking around and then uh, god gave me a word of knowledge and he had um he actually had a really serious car accident and he uh he yeah anyways like really physically ailed guy from this car accident that he was in he almost died i think they had to do cardiac uh, like procedures on him three times to the hospital like was really he almost died and i was just like <gasps> like this is why i'm here that's why i'm like god told me to come and talk to this guy like dude you god saved you like you have a purpose and god's got a plan for you and he was like oh like thanks yeah and like can i pray for you and he's like yeah sure i think i prayed and god had uh, like touched his physical body i feel like he had like really bad back pain and uh the back pain left and he was just like whoa and then god told me to like go and buy him food so i went and got him like french fry i'm like do you like like food like what kind of food do you like and he's like oh i like fries or whatever and i'm like okay i'm like i'm gonna go get you some fries and so i like brought them back and he was like oh like thanks and he was kind of like looking at me like I, i'm like i don't like I'm just being like, God told me to go and get you some food. And he was like, okay, like that sounds good. And like, I, anyways, I, I was not as graceful at talking to people out of my comfort zone back then. And so that was pretty funny that, that he, uh, thought I was hitting on him cause I went and got him some fries. Yeah. Yeah. You know totally. what? The, <laughs> those things are weird for people to experience. Right. But they, and then feeling things and not that they've not felt before and just having to process that. Right. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's so good to step out for him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, I invited him to the gospel brunch and he went and just got to talk to him a little bit more and, and God, it's kind of fun when you put yourself out of your comfort zone, what, how God will use you and just like your obedience to trying. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of jumping back, but just to give some context to the listeners, these Boots and Hearts festivals are big country festivals, 30,000 people annually. I'm not sure if they're still happening, but put together by some Christian organizers. So big country bands, little country bands. It's a weekend event, several days, vendors, that whole thing with a Christian element, like you said, bringing guests in and stuff. So clearly God's in and amongst there moving through people. That's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. So um, shortly after that, I guess was the birth of Disciple of City and you and I both started to volunteer with that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, lived real, really close uh, proximity to Melissa and Adam. So I always kind of had an eye on what they were doing and I just knew like there's something different about them and their walk how they live their life, how they're raising their kids. And it was always just really like appealing to me that like, this is different. Like there's something different about them. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, kind of dabbled in and out, uh, of what they were doing, got invited into some things like boots and hearts. Um, uh, you know, Adam would be running some things and ask if I would help out, uh, you know, with some administration stuff, that kind of thing. So definitely volunteered with, with them around that, um, at, uh, at the time they were working for youth for Christ and, uh, Melissa was the like Kortha Lakes, like, like head of, um, YFC. And, uh, there was a point, um, when I was pregnant, just pregnant with Tessa and I was like, God, I feel like God's calling me to work with Melissa and Adam and I'm like, that's pretty terrifying <laughs> as a nurse, <laughs> as a mo- as a mom of one young one and then one on the way that I hadn't, I don't think I'd told anybody yet that I was pregnant maybe. And uh, I just kept feeling like God's going, work with Melissa and Adam, work with Melissa and Adam. But that means quitting my good paying job and my, you know, my training, all that stuff to do something that I have no idea how to do. And that's ministry. And, um, I ignored that voice and, uh, uh, for a while. And then I said, I was just, I think hanging out with Melissa and Adam. And I'm like, I know this probably sounds crazy, crazy, but I feel like God's telling me to quit nursing and to come work with you guys. And they looked at each other and started laughing and they're like, he's been telling us that for a little bit. And, uh, and so I was like, Oh man, like that's, pretty scary. And, um, you know, talked it over with Herb and, uh, didn't really make a lot of sense. And so I kind of ignored it for quite a while until, uh, and, and I was like, you know, d- the timing doesn't make sense cause I'm pregnant. And so I'm going to be going off and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of left what God was telling me to do, which probably wasn't a great, you know, I wouldn't advise against ignoring what God's telling you to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, he always like, he's, full of grace and, you know, redeemed that time. And, um, I often wonder if, if I had a listened to God's voice in that moment, if I would have got to skip postpartum depression mm. because it was after that, like, I, I'm not saying like that God caused that at all, not at all. But I just think that like God was calling me to a community of believers that could have potentially like sewn in. Right. right. So I just, just off, often a little like, you know, after side thought, like maybe God had a reason he was calling me to something that I didn't feel equipped or 
the timing was right on. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my, my side story to that, but yeah, so, um, had, had the kids went through my postpartum and then I think in around 2017, 2018, somewhere in there, started doing some volunteering with Adam and, and Disciple of City and, uh, helping them run some stuff. Yeah. We did some events and different things like that locally. And, yeah. and then we went, uh, then we went to Serbia. Yeah. Well, that was a, why Adam was still with YFC, but we went to Serbia yep. to serve with our good friend Kiki over there. Hey, Kiki. Kiki. <laughs> um, and Vanya. Um, what was, uh, what was a highlight? What was a highlight for you on that trip to Serbia? Yeah. Or what was something that happened to you over there that even further um, changed your relationship, deepened your relationship with God? Yeah. Um, so going to Serbia is one of those things where Adam asked me to, uh, oh yeah, you should come to Serbia. And so I said, yes, <laughs> sure. And so that was my very first um, missions trip. First time in a plane, you know, the whole kit caboodle. So that was pretty, pretty Which, wild. Which by the way, Sarah never told any of us that it was her first time on a plane and she had to sit by herself. And none of us knew Yeah, because <laughs> we would have totally prayed for you or encouraged you before you had to sit with complete strangers in this plane. That, that's a story in itself. A husband on one. So they put me in the middle of a husband and wife. They wanted to sit separate from each other. Who doesn't so, want to sit in the middle? Uh, I did not. Afterwards. <laughs> now I know people do not sit in the middle because it's like you can't lean against the wall. You can't stretch your feet out. You're just stuck in between. So don't do it. That's my ad- advice. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, um you know, God, like I said, when you put yourself out of your comfort zone, God shows up for sure. And so, um, I, I think that, uh, I went to Serbia and there's just these mega brothers and sisters in Christ on this trip, such as yourself, Todd and Adam and Francisco, uh, and Chris King and just like these beautiful brothers in Christ who are bigger than life. <laughs> and I'm like, once again, I'm not just a, like just a mom. That's all that kept going through my head. I'm just a mom. What am I doing? Like, how am I like, how one, how did I get here? <laughs> how am I in Serbia right now? And number two, how is God going to use just a mom in Serbia to equip the saints there? And so, you know, I was just in my head, like, I shouldn't be here. Just a mom, just a mom. And, and, uh, Adam, we went to a hot spring as a group. I think that's what it was called. The pool. There's yep. a hot pooler. Yep. And, um, transition and, between two cities that we were yep. working in and yep. just a little yep. R and R for an afternoon. Yep. And, uh, and so, uh, and we picked up Tomas there. Tomas. 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 And, uh, and so, (laughs) miss you. And, uh, and so we, we got in the pool and Adam looked at me, he's like, let's prophesy over Sarah. And, uh, and so everybody jumped into that part of the pool there I was and everybody just like put hands and, and prophesied. And I got blasted by the love of the Lord there. And, uh, he was like, you are just a mom. He's like, but that's who I've called you to be to this group is just a mom. <laughs> He's like, and there's no such thing as just a mom. Amen. Like, and so 
it totally wrecked me. And I was like, guys, I'm a mom. Like, it's okay. I'm a mom. Like, I'm not meant to look like Adam, not meant to look like Todd and Francisco and Chris and Tomas. Like, I'm meant to be me. And God wants to use me exactly who I am, who he's created to me. He wants to use me. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we go to our next place that we're staying and I'm like, guys, I'm doing laundry, like throw me your laundry. Like just got to then serve from this place of like, I'm a mom instead of feeling shame on that. Hmm. Like it's, it was something that I needed to change and it wasn't at all. God wanted to use all of my personality and my quiet, my introvertedness in a beautiful way. And and he did. And, and that's, that's my my message to each listener is like, whoever you are, whatever season you're in, God wants to use you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I vividly remember that moment yeah. of praying over you. Yeah. And um, obviously we got to know each other more because we're, we're on this trip together, but, but I can also attest that that was a moment where your faith grew exponentially yeah. after that moment. Yeah. It definitely broke off the lie that, um, you have to be somebody that you're not. Yeah. And that's like huge, right? When you, when you start discrediting who you are and how God wants to use you because it doesn't look like somebody else. That's, that's the enemy at work right there. And you know, and God needs to use each person in all their different capacities. Earlier, you talked about Dan Moeller and Todd White, Yeah, two totally different people, Yeah, but yet reaching a lot of people in their own way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, so Serbia kind of marked my freedom, I would say in the, like looking around at other people and going, I'm not enough, Mm. but I'm a hundred percent enough because God's calling me to my own, to my own people, to his own people through my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's a great, that's a great story of Serbia. Yeah. And so shortly after that, so now you're, you're a full-time staffer with Disciple of City, mm-hmm. um, team sending coordinator. Yeah. Um, so can you just explain just a little bit about sending, what, what that means yeah. of sending teams out? Yeah. So Disciple of City, um, we exist to equip and empower churches and um, individuals, groups, pastors, uh, to fulfill the great commission. So we've, uh, we've picked up tools and, and things from like the, ch- the underground church. And, uh, we get to, um, teach them to churches and groups. And, uh, so I get to send teams. So, uh, if your church or group is looking for training around how to share the gospel and how to share your faith in a like easy, um, like repeatable, teachable, easy way, then you get to talk to me about it. <laughs> so I get to, I get the privilege of working with uh, churches and leadership and uh, just finding out where they're at and then getting to send somebody to train. And uh, our favorite part, I would say, is the team is getting to lead people out onto the streets. And that's because that's really where God shows up and breaks off fear and insecurity off people and seeing that sharing your faith's not not hard when, when you ex- have experienced God's heart for people, just like I did. And just like you did, uh, at, in Sweden for you and at Boots and Hearts for me, knowing that we have access to God's heart for people and it's not out of 
duty to, to share the gospel, but it's out of knowing God's heart for people for the lost. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, before we wrap up, I'm, I'm totally going to put you on the spot and ask you to, if you can recollect us, um, pick a moment yeah. when we were in Serbia. So we were essentially doing the same thing as what you're talking about right now with Disciple City. Yeah. We're doing that over there. Can you, uh, reminisce about a moment over in Serbia where we were out talking to somebody and somebody was moved when you talked to them? Hmm. There was a couple times that happened. <laughs> Just a couple. Yeah, Just there was a, a few. There was definitely a few. Um, which time was that? You're going to have to prompt me even more. I've got mom brain. That's a thing, guys. Yeah, just where were we? Are you thinking of a specific time? I'm not thinking of anything. Oh, okay. Specific. I'm, I'm, no. thought, I'm like, oh no, where, what? Um, I think, uh, I would say like one of the most impactful parts was we were getting to equip a church and we got um, access to their like young leaders, like the leadership of their youth group. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was a, a young girl there and we all, we, well, there was a bunch of them, but God just kind of highlighted her to me. And so uh, we put them in the middle and all of, all of us got, got around and we're like just listening for God and prophesying and stuff like that. And, uh, she revealed that she, um, wanted to, she would, you probably remember maybe part of this story more than I do, but she, uh, revealed that she was seriously considering taking her own life. And yeah. we got to, and God revealed that and we just got to like pray. And I would say she got, uh, free from some lies and, and just, uh, and, and then like fully got to experience the love of God for her and just, you know, wept. And it was just really, really beautiful to, for God to use us in that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, it was a really beautiful moment. It's a great story too. Cause even someone who's working, giving their time to the church yeah. yet she's overcome with those feelings of suicide and yeah. sort of keeping it from people. Yeah, for sure. She would later that trip to receive the baptism of the Holy spirit and just be overcome by his presence and speak in tongues, which was wild. He did a lot of work for yeah. her. It was beautiful. Absolutely. Hmm? Sarah, thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, it was really great to hear your story and your journey. And your heart for people that obviously the Lord had planted from the beginning in, in nursing and to what you're doing now with us. For sure. I look forward to the next trip, Sarah. I know, me too. Things are opening up, man. Yeah. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed uh, Sarah's story today. Hey, the Toddcast is on the Instagram now, the Toddcast underscore DAC. If you want to keep up with some of the upcoming episodes and see some faces to the beautiful guests that I've had on the show. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.